Welcome to Art Kids, the podcast hosted by three college buddies, Lisa, Reese, and Tracy, where we talk about all things art. In this episode, we continue our three-part series in which we interview each other. Up next, Reese. episode 10. Hey, hi. It's exciting. It is exciting. I don't know why I said it like that. (laughs) Hey, Tracy, ready for your interview? That's why I said it like that. Mr. DeVille? I'm not ready. Um, It is what it is. So yeah, let's do this. We'll be great. You're ready. You were born for this. Alrighty. Okay, Idris. I'm gonna start you off, okay? All right. We're starting we're starting now. Okay. Yeah. All right. So give us a little rundown of your career path from college and onward. Um well I went to college for um graphic design. Like I was it was like a hobby and stuff, like in high school and whatever, and then I had some clients and what have you. And then I went to college for it. Um, I ended up at SUNY New Paltz and um, I really loved it. I wasn't at first sure about the school at all. I didn't do much research, to be honest, but like a few of my friends were going there. So that was really cool. It like kind of worked out for me. Um, So even though I was away from home, it didn't feel like I was completely away from everybody that I knew. Um, And I also wasn't too far from home. So anyway, I went to school for co- for graphic design, and after that, I um, I took a break. Like I just took a break for about like a year, um, and then I was working on like some projects like during that year that didn't really come to fruition. But one of them was like a resume building app, and it was at an early time for macromedia flash like now owned by adobe now it's not even called flash anymore it's called like animate or whatever but i'm just saying like technology back then wasn't really supporting me moving forward so quickly with my resume building app i was waiting for a piece of technology to come out so i just remember that that was kind of moving slow um so anyway I eventually it was just like i have to get a job and I was living with like my brother-in-law at the time. Um, and he had like um like a company that I used to do stuff for when I was like much younger. And I, I even did some stuff when I was in college for him. But basically he was always been really supportive of my career. And he's kind of like a father figure to me. And he like really supported me throughout the process of like trying to get my first, you know, big boy out of college job. And he was like telling me to he's really old school but like he was telling me to like do all these things like make my own stationery and like make a letterhead and a cover letter and like just do the most for each job that I applied to so I did that and I mean I had like 
customized envelopes, customized letterhead, like uh, writing cover letters to each person customizing it. And I got this job at Site Interactive and I'm assuming it's because of just like how gung-ho I was about applying to like every place. Um, and they were impressed. And I was hired as a senior designer and that was like my first job. Like, wow. So that was pretty cool. But um, it didn't last too long because I think we hit like some sort of economic recession or depression or session. Oh, yeah. I don't know what to call it. Housing market crashed. And yeah, something like that. In yeah. 2008, basically, you know, like everything crashed. Um, I just don't know like what these terminologies mean sometimes. Like they have so many and they all mean the same thing. Um, so anyway, that happened and I like got laid off not too long after I was hired, like some, like a handful of months later. It was just cool because everybody ended on decent terms. And um, what did I do after that? Um, I got a job at Condé Nast Digital um Condé Nast if people don't know is like a magazine publisher yeah. uh, they they do like GQ magazine Vogue magazine um they do uh Glamour um I'm thinking of some magazines that aren't theirs and I'm like Wait, all the magazines you have in your bathroom right now yeah all the magazines that are like big deal magazines they pretty much do them uh, I mean, there's a few that are like not by Condé Nast. They're by another company that I'm just going to say it's Hearst. Yeah, Hearst Publications. And I was trying to not say Hearst Publication one, but it's it's like kind of few. Uh, the majority of them are Condé Nast or Fairchild Publications. And Condé Nast, Fairchild are like a conglomerate. So um, yeah, I worked at Condé Nast Digital for a while. And the reason why I keep saying Condé Nast Digital as opposed to Condé Nast is because Condé Nast Digital was like their website oriented, coming out with mobile apps, so immerse, um, emerging technologies kind of um, apparatus of their whole thing. Um, so at that time, it must have been 2010, and like the iPhone and all that kind of shit barely came out. I mean, of course, we had smartphones before then, they just weren't like the iPhone. So it was like the beginning of people creating apps for magazines and stuff like that, really, uh, so to speak. I mean, there was kind of a, if you're a geek, there was kind of a magazine app like way before that, but uh, we kind of created our own customized magazine app. And I was a part of that project with like GQ and Glamour to create their own like customizable magazine or customized magazine. Um, and then, what happened after that? Uh, like Adobe came in and like fucked everything up. And then <laughs> like, and then we couldn't make them. We didn't make the magazines anymore because Adobe came out with a platform that was like, I guess, trumped ours and all that shit. So um, I worked on a lot of like websites for Condé Nast Digital for a while. Um, and there are other apps that had nothing to do with like being a magazine or like Adobe or what have you. Uh, like Epicurious and that's like a food magazine that's also kind of big and yeah anyway I loved it it was cool I loved working with style.com um because I love fashion and where did I work after that um 
What kind of, can I yeah. just ask you a question? What uh, was your position at Condé Nast Digital? Uh, I was just kind of like a web designer. I was like, um, I was a web designer. Yeah. I guess like yeah. sometimes it felt sort of social media-ish because I worked on like a, a few blogs, but I think I was, oh, wow. I was just really like a web designer, really. Um, an interactive web designer maybe, but um, because sometimes it always wasn't web, but it was interactive, but it still, you had to access it through like an online portal or something like, you know, like if it's an app or something. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's what I did there. Um, then after that, what did I do? Um, oh, and at Site Interactive, uh, even though it's called Site Interactive and it sounds like I would have, I was an interactive designer, obviously. We would have done anything, but like it was kind of like I was more of a web designer. Um, he just hired me as a senior designer, but like I typically worked on like websites and some flash stuff like Macromedia Flash again. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Um, I ended up at Macy's. It was cool. That was actually one of my favorite jobs, I have to be honest. Um, I loved my offices and um, I did like the people that I worked with for the most part, which is the bad part because I didn't always like the people that I worked with there, but like a lot of the people I worked with there, I did like, so that was good. What um, did you do for Macy's? I was a social media designer. I got hired as a social media designer at Macy's and that was the time 2014 when like social media still had like apps, like like Facebook had apps. Like, I know that sounds redundant what I'm saying. Yeah, like games and yeah, like add-ons. Inside, and... inside of the actual social media apparatus as opposed to outside. Like, it wasn't like face, Facebook or Instagram, Meta. It's not like Meta came up with a new app called Threads. Like, that would have been built inside of Facebook somehow back then. Yeah. Like, so we created, like, games and and stuff or sweepstakes for like people to play like with inside of Facebook. Cool. Um, and I had did something like that, I think when I was at Site Interactive for like a fashion company and I forgot about it. But <laughs> so I think like some of that stuff helped build into like, oh, you know how to like do that. So then we're gonna have you doing this. Like that was cool. It lasted for like probably a while, like maybe a year, a year and a half uh, of doing that bullshit at, at Macy's. But eventually like we started working on, like there was like another team there that was a part of the social media, like overall team because Macy's is a huge ship. And so it has all these moving parts that people don't know about. And like, we just realized that there's another, so there's another part of our social media team, like in another building in New York City, like, because we have offices also all over the world. We became like merged with them at some point, which was kind of like hostile takeover feel vibe. Um, I'm not even kidding. Um, <laughs> like our manager was like, like night and day to like Jamala. I'm sorry for saying her name, but I, I love Jamala Johns. But my original manager was like mad chill. My other, my, my new manager was not so chill. Uh, still liked her, but she was not chill. And I definitely learned a lot from her, but she was not chill. Yeah, it was just kind of like we got new positions and new roles. And one of my new roles, which I loved, was working on the blog, which was Macy's official blog. It was called M Blog, and 
I got to like redesign it. I got to like make sure everybody's articles like looked a certain way. If I didn't design the article myself and they designed it, it still went through me to like stage all the articles, like staging, meaning put them on the website, like build them out and put them on the website. So I was like publishing the articles. I was like making sure the website looked good and was maintained well. And it was a big responsibility, but it was given to me and I like loved it. And so that was like one of my favorite things I was doing there. And then I also worked on some pins, not some, several, a bunch uh, for Pinterest. But yeah, so we were doing a lot of things on Pinterest back then. I think because people use Pinterest for planning weddings and baby showers and stuff like that. And yeah, and that's what Macy's is here for, for all of that, you know? So it's good to put their products on there. What else did I do in social media over there? And some Instagram stuff, some Tumblr stuff. Nobody uses Tumblr anymore. Um, but yeah, it was pretty cool. I, I enjoyed it. Um, it's like the heyday of social media. Like, yeah, like, yeah. When yeah. it was still cool and you can do a lot of original stuff with it. Like yeah. one of the, the beginning ones. Yeah. So that was really cool. Um, so once I started doing like different social media stuff, I like really enjoyed working there. So... I stopped working there. I resigned because I'd be resigning places. Um, and <laughs> like, like I, fuck it, I'm out. <laughs> I just, I left because I just didn't know what to do. And it wasn't because I didn't love my job. I loved my job. There was somebody there. And I, let me just say this as a word of advice to anybody who's listening. Maybe that is the best thing that can come out of this. When you're having a hard time at a job, take a mental leave. Take a mental break. Be like, I need a medical break, medical, mental break, leave, whatever they call it these days. Cause like, I don't be knowing my rights. Like you need to take it. You need to take your days off. You need to just be like, I need some time to myself. You need to speak to HR. If you have to speak to HR and tell them that you need a mental break or leave or whatever, but like do that before you're just like leaving a job without another job in place or something like that, because that's just you're just asking for trouble and you're just making your life more difficult. So I left that job because I was having a hard time with someone. It was a manager, but I was having a hard time with someone and like, I didn't know what to do. And I felt like I was being sabotaged or something. So like, I just like bounced and I ended up at City Trends. Before that, I was a kitchen and bath designer, but I'm not gonna get into that too much, but it was a cool hiatus for like two seconds. Anyway, so yeah, then I got a design job at City Trends and um, at City Trends, it was pretty cool. I was, it was like a, a blessing and a curse sometimes because I was like the only designer there really. Like there was other designers that we worked with that were like freelance. We eventually got a junior designer, but she left us. And then like, it was like never me and somebody else. It was, it was more, it was usually just like me and Sometimes if there was somebody else, it was like them, but only temporarily or only like through email and stuff like that. Like not like in a Zoom meeting with us and like really tackling these projects with us. Like, and that's what I felt like I needed some time. And I was so spoiled, like with all the other teams I've been on since then to like be a part of a team. Mm -hmm. um, so it was really just kind of like me. And that was kind of rough, but at the same time, it, it also gave me the ability to be like an art director, a creative director, a video producer, this and the third, because I was the only one and I had to make it work. So 
I was basically a senior designer there. Um, I mean, I was basically a senior designer and art director and creative director there, but either way, um, I was wearing all the hats and it was cool at City Trends, which is a retail clothing store, whatever you want to call it. But they also sell like furniture and snacks and stuff like that. Oh, I didn't and- know that. Yeah, 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 yeah. They're bigger in like the South, I think. Than oh yeah, the- no, I know City Trends, so we have it here. I just didn't realize that they do. Um, it's actually very popular where, uh, where I live here. Um, but I just didn't realize that they did furniture and uh, snacks too. Yeah, they do like small furniture, like chairs or like chairs, like small things, like stools. Like um, home, home goods. Home yeah, goods. like home goods. Home goods is a good way of saying it. Like decor. Yeah, and, I, and so they dealt with a little bit of everything, kind of like the way that Macy's deals with a little bit of everything. I mean, Macy's is dealing with a little bit more of everything, but um, I think that's why it was a good fit for me, or they found, like, you know, I was a good fit for City Trends. I really loved working with the models and stuff on the photo shoots, just because they were always, like, I mean, I still keep in touch with some of the models. Like, they're so fun, and, like, we just love each other. <laughs> I don't know how else to say it. We just love each other. So, yeah. I remember have- when... Um- uh, when you were on some of those shoots and stuff and like you'd like send me snippets of like a still of you're on the shoot and this is what they're shooting or your coworkers and stuff. And I just remember thinking like, cause I like, it was just awesome. You know, like you did seem like you had your hands on a lot of stuff and be in the middle of like, you know, it'd be models, like you'd be shooting a street scene or it'd be in like an actual photo studio, but it was like, you know, like a commercial shoot. And it was, it was, it was very cool. Yeah. We did that like once a month, at least sometimes more than once a month, depending on our budget, depending on what season it is or like what the fuck is going on. Um, Like if it's a special holiday. So like that kept us really busy. Um, It was during a time that everybody in the world was doing remote work. Uh, It was like 2020 till 2022 I was there. And like, yeah, like I would have to drive to like another state basically for the photo shoot like once a month. It was pretty cool. I like worked on the website. I worked on commercials, like little digital ads and stuff like that. Social media stuff. Yeah, I worked on a little bit of everything um, that just had pertained to marketing. So I was a part of the marketing department technically. Um, oh, and I also worked on like the internal PowerPoints and stuff like that. Not that that's fun. That's kind of like, it feels like a pain in the ass when you're doing it, mm-hmm. but it's just such a big deal to the internal team. Like, you know, like everybody like inside of City Trends, like is just so like, oh my God, you did the PowerPoint or oh my God, thank you so much. Or this other, because it's like, we all have to experience it at a town hall event and it becomes such a big deal to the CEO so even though it's like PowerPoint and it's like ugh, PowerPoint, it's such a big deal, like on the inside. Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and that's pretty much it. I think after Studio Trends, um, I left there. <laughs> I left there and I wanted to just get a better opportunity somewhere else. Um, and that's where I am right now. I'm just like looking for a really good fit somewhere, someplace that could like foster my creativity, but like I want to be there as well and they want me to be there. and. I'm just going to say, I don't really know what that place is. Um, Cause like sometimes people would ask you like, where do you want to work? Like what industry do you want to work in? And like, I do kind of still want to be in the fashion industry, which is basically what I've been a part of, like the retail fashion industry. I don't know. I really like conceptual work right now. Mm-hmm. And I think I always have, but like 
it's like I'm not getting like any younger and like people are going to start either making the stuff that I wanted to make or like it's just not going to be made at all or something or maybe that's worth it. I have no idea. Maybe maybe what do you mean by conceptual stuff? Can you give an example without giving away any of your ideas? Like, oh, I don't even mind giving away my ideas at this point. I'm no, like, don't give away your ideas. I mean, this is not, I don't think this is me giving away my idea, but like, for instance, that was another good vibe at Macy's. When I was at Macy's, we used to have these brainstorm meetings. We had to create, we didn't have to, but if you really cared about whatever you wanted to pitch at a brainstorm meeting, you would create like a deck for it, like a presentation. Mm-hmm. And just before I left there, like I created this deck that had like a bunch of different ideas in it. Like, and I was like trying to look for that just before this, uh, this meeting that we're having this, you know, this of recording that we're having right now. And I was like trying to look for it and I can't find it. So it must be on a hard drive somewhere, but it was basically called like rough concepts. And it had like all these different ideas. One of them that I didn't even want to dive into that easily was like taking a Pinterest board and like that you have of your own, like, let's say like you have a Pinterest board or I have a Pinterest board and we put like all of our favorite outfits on it or something like that you could submit it through something on Macy's website and it would output like, oh, these are all the clothes that you'd probably want to get from us because it like matches your style, which is like, duh, why doesn't somebody have that? Like, right? Like a trend matcher where Yeah, like a trend. I like that you said it that way, like trend matcher. Like, you know what I mean? Because it makes everybody seem like they're their own trendsetter. Anyway, so trend matcher is one of them. And I had like several others, but one of the concepts that I like the most that I don't think this, it's too much of a hog to like be like, oh, someone just stole it from me and I'm just going to be mad. It was like an, it was like an e-mirror, like, and by e-mirror, I mean like a smart mirror, or like a magic mirror. There's so many different ways of people saying it, but people have been messing with this kind of concept for a while now. And Macy's has even did it before I even came around. Like they did something in like, I think 2008 with a magic mirror. And at that time, you know, technology wasn't even really that uh, forgiving of like HD cameras and touch screens or anything of that nature. So like, like we just got an iPhone. Um, I think they were kind of like, for some of the people, they were like, wow, this is great, Idris. And then some of the people were like, cause I just kind of like spread it throughout the company as much as I could. And like, even people in like California were seeing my deck and they were like getting back to me and they thought I was like somebody special. And I'm like, oh no, I'm just a social media designer. Like, and I just like want this to happen. But that means your ideas were good enough for people and the way you presented them were like ripe you know, for people to want to get on board. So maybe you really should come back around. I mean, it would be great. It would be great to still do it with Macy's, to be honest. It's just that, yeah, to get like a prototype going, that would have been ideal. It, it was just that I think that they, some of the executives there that kind of understood what I was talking about were maybe a little bit, um, I don't think the word is shell-shocked, but maybe traumatized by how the original Magic Mirror they did didn't do so well. Mm. I was kind of a little bit more focused on the e-wardrobe aspect of the magic mirror. So I said magic mirror, but it was attached to like the smart mirror was attached to a wardrobe that was also smart. So like clueless, like, you know, when they like 
output her clothes or her outfit. Like you could put in like digitally, like what you want or whatever, you're speaking to it, whatever. And it, it gives you your clothes like on a conveyor belt, like whatever. So yeah, I really, really liked all that work. It didn't go anywhere because it's like, we're not gonna invest in that right now. Or I don't know, the right people are not seeing it or whatever the case of the matter is. Um, and that's not the reason why I left Macy's, but um, it was like just before I left Macy's. And so I don't, I don't know, like if anybody else in that company is like looking at it or if it's floating around, but I remember like putting decks all over the place. And I was just hoping that like, I would end up in some sort of emerging technologies team. Cause that is like, I think where I would want to be like an emerging technologies team at a big company where it's like, we could do conceptual work and like, you'd be great at that. Like that is definitely up your alley. Thank you. Yeah, that'd be really cool. I think that was one of my favorite things. I didn't even know about any of that. I mean, I remember at the time talking about the mirror and the clue stuff, but I didn't quite realize that you'd put that whole deck together. And also that like, I feel like I know most things about you and I didn't even realize that like this conceptual arena was something you wanted to head towards. I mean, you are definitely a Renaissance man and you have a talent in many things and an interest in many things. So um, I think like there's many things that you'd be good at and you have lots of ideas for. Um, but I do love this one. And I think that is like perfectly fucking up your alley. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, I, I just want to make sure if I do something like that, that people feel like safe behind a smart mirror because it's just basically like having a big old iPhone in your house. And like some people are just kind of like, I don't want someone spying on me or I don't want someone like looking at me in my underwear or whatever. Uh, Alexa's already doing that. So Yeah, but yeah, everything's <laughs> kind of doing that already. And so- and your smartphone takes a photo of you every like five seconds or something. Wow. Yeah. I can imagine that. How do you find that out though? There's a video and it uh, somebody is using like an um, infrared camera and they and they, there's another person in the room and they have the camera held up in front of their face and you see the flash like every however many seconds of it taking a picture of that person's face. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I hear that they even use that type, that type of stuff for advertisements and stuff like that. So like for marketing purposes. Right. So yeah, I mean, we've already kind of signed away our like our uh, privacy and what have you over the past several years with the emerging technologies like um, smart speakers and all that other stuff that surveils us and it comes in our home for like home protection and security. Mm-hmm. So like, whatever, like I just kind of feel like this could be another level of security. It could be another level of like a home assistant situation and you already have them in your house, but home assistants weren't like a thing back then, you know? There's so- also the the um, the workout machines that, what are those called? Yeah, there's one called Mirror right now. Yeah. That's and cool. and it is it like a magic mirror basically. Mm-hmm. And it's a workout machine. It doesn't, it's not full length though. Like it looks like it wants to be full length, but it's not completely full length. It should just be full length is what I think. But besides that, I think it's pretty cool that they're at least trying to make those things happen. So what gets you out of bed in the morning? Oh boy, nothing because I love sleep. I love it. Uh, (laughs) I really don't know. I love sleep. I guess like dreaming of a better tomorrow or a better day like a better future like makes me get out of bed I do want some of these things that I talk about to happen I have like more ideas than that like that you know don't even pertain to fashion like um there's this like oven that I want to make 
I know this sounds so silly. I'm not even going to say the whole concept, but there's this oven that I want to make that's like basically a robotic oven. It's not, I'm not saying that it has robotic arms or hands. I mean, it might, but not like coming outside of it. Like the Jetsons. Yeah, like inside of it. Like, you know, if it needs to have like a robotic something come out, but like it's called oven. I don't know, like O-V-Y-N-N or something. I just like want to like create like so many like different gadgets and stuff that I just feel like I need to keep going sometimes like even though sometimes it gets hard it's just I guess that's kind of what gets me up like is that I want to make these things into bring these things into fruition so it's awesome it's definitely a valid reason you know you I can attest to the fact that you have a lot of really fucking good ideas and like we're just getting started I want to see them all yeah come come alive I mean I even want us to have another podcast um I just want to, you know, like one step at a time, one day at a time. I was just going to say, I think, you know, we had even this generation right now that's coming out of school is dealing with this. So it's not like we're this anomaly and woe is us. But, you know, our generation did have it hard with the timing of us coming out of school and what went on with the economy. And um, even just the like development of technology, you know, a lot of things that you've come up with ideas of and you're great at, you were a good five to six years too early. You know, I feel like I'm starting to excel in arena of something that, you know, is only really developed in the last couple of years. Like my skill set is best for things that we now have the technology for, you know? And I think that we were just a little bit ahead of the game with certain stuff. And it gave us like this sort of like faulty start where it's, you know, if um, we just would have come out of school like five or six years later, or, you know, born a few years later, I think the trajectory of some things would have looked a little different. So I think that's um, you know, important to take into consideration because yeah, like it's every, every, aside from the fact that the economy took a dive and it really changed the landscape of jobs. And like, you also came out at the time when digital was emerging, right? Like we, everything is digital now and we accept it, but I don't know if any like regular viewers understood with like Condé Nast and Hearst and all those other publications were like when Idris was working there because everyone was terrified of digital. No one knew what was going to happen to paper. And like, it was just this very sensitive time and no one fully understood how things were going to develop, you know? And I think that was a difficult landscape to navigate. And then um, people who built their careers off of blogs, like these were all like emerging areas that no one knew what was coming of them. You know, like some of the biggest businesses, what is it? Who, what, where, who, that, that was originally a blog, right? That turned mm-hmm. into a multi-million yeah. dollar business. Yeah, that was totally like one of our um, influencers or influences as far as uh, our, the way that we positioned ourselves in the market too. Yeah. Yeah. And so like the way you make a name in that business, like completely changed through within the first five to 10 years of us coming out of school. Um, so it was like a lot of, so many things were shifting. So I say all that to say that like, and we're going through another big shift in Renaissance right now too. So I think that like, there's still so much room for all this stuff to be built and done, you know, and we had several curveballs you know, come our way in the beginning. So yeah, thank you for that. I, I I agree with you. And I appreciate that. I do it kind of also reminds me of like, when I was in college, there was a time that like, I, I basically was leading up to my thesis project, which I think, you know, what my thesis project was, um, because yeah. you helped me. Um, but basically, I created like, I don't know the best way to say this, but a task management or agenda making application. I don't know, that sounds so weird, like, because duh. 
but like it's a it's like a task management app essentially like before that i was like trying to create like an iphone like i didn't even realize i was trying to create an iphone i called it like the individual data handler or something i forgot what i called it it's called idh and like basically i just wanted to be like an organizer because i grew up with organizers like digital organizers you know like um casio casio they love those yeah, they had ones that could like change a channel on your TV, yeah. and, like all that Dear Diary stuff. Mm-hmm. And, I had one yeah. of those. Okay, good. So like, I loved those growing up. And then when I was in high school, I had a Palm, I had a, I had palm a Palm pilot. pilot. Yeah, oh I my had God. a Pilot. But I had something before that. I had like a handspring visor. And then I got a Palm Pilot because it was a gift from someone like, um, and yeah, and those were also like organizers, but like business people use them. So like kids like me, like there was nothing to really do on them. It was like, I was just bored half the time. It was still like cool to have these technologies and it made me understand like what it's like to have them. So like, I wanted to make them even better. And so that's why I was already kind of thinking, but like like Lisa's saying, it's like, we were almost like ahead of the curve in a lot of ways because now those technologies were like five years later or like six years later or what have you. Um, and now you were were on you were like in the group of thinkers that were in the background creating the need for the technology to get better because because of the ideas that were coming forward that makes sense yeah so hopefully like you know it'll catch up somehow like i'll catch up or they'll catch up with me or whatever we're gonna catch up with each other and we're going to like be on a team together. It'll be great. I'm going to make all my projects. I have so many projects that I wanted to create. So yeah, that'd be really cool. Yeah. It's just getting in, I think, with like the right place and the right people and catching the right wave of like what's changing and what's needed for that. Like, I mean, it is really amazing to think about what your thesis project was because, you know, iPhones weren't even out then. So Idris had made this like organize our schedule system but he it, and correct me if i'm wrong idris but it was basically this program that he had to build through a computer that you either had or had built so it was like you know, when you think of a scheduler right like it's just innate to something everyone has now but one those weren't smartphones weren't a thing yet and they weren't even apps on phones that were schedulers so that was before that but then on top of it it was this just like a whole system on separately on a computer you know and he had to come up with that and build it so it was it was definitely way ahead of itself Thank you. I appreciate it. I just want to make it very clear to like developers, though. I did not develop anything. It was really just designs. I was just like, you know, mocking it up to show everybody like this is the look and feel. This is how it would work. Um, this is like the the person's lifestyle that would be like around it working like, you know, because you have to do all of the marketing in order to help people understand how to use a product and stuff like that. So I just kind of wanted to delve into that. And I guess like over the years, I just thought like Apple was going to do something in that space that would make me feel like, okay, this is no longer necessary or needed. But like, I still don't think Apple did anything in that space to be like, we're trying to automate managing your life. Like, um, I kind of want something that I sit down with every morning instead of like kind of it always coming from me. Like, it's almost asking me like, what do I want to do? Because it knows so much about me in a sense, like, there's just so many different ways I could talk about this, but. um, The only thing that's out there, right, any, the one thing that's out there right now that comes close, but is not as robust as motion. And that has like an AI scheduler. So it will 
rearrange your schedule based on what you've completed and what you still have due and the parameters of each of the like task items or meetings. Um, that's kind of cool. So you can, when you schedule, that's pretty cool. getting really off topic, but when you schedule a task, it could be a meeting or it can be a task. And then if it's a task, it'll ask you like an estimate of how long it's going to take you to complete it. And then it'll ask you if you can split it up into multiple sessions or if it all has to be done at one time. And then it'll like start filling in your calendar. And then if you don't complete something at the end of the day, the next morning, it'll like tell you if there's conflicts in your schedule and then you can manually move stuff, but it tries to just like keep things rolling. Um, and you can schedule like things every morning. So say you check your emails at 9am every morning and you make a slot that's like 30 minutes, check emails. It'll put repeated tasks at the same time and then schedule things around it. Yeah, that's perfect. Cause like sometimes there was also an app that I think Lisa's ex-boyfriend showed me once and it was it made me think like, oh yeah, like tomorrow is also like a very good part of just like conceptual conceptualizing around what you're doing. Like you can push something off until tomorrow and that's okay. And then if something does get pushed off tomorrow, how will that affect everything else? But remember that like you can't get everything done today. Like there's also tomorrow. Yeah, so we do tend to over schedule ourselves. Yeah, that's also a basic part. And I think that's what I dealt with in college, I'm sorry, I'm like going into this like so deeply or whatever, but yeah, I remember when I was in college, like our professors being like one of the professors, not my closest professor that I worked with and was my advisor and what have you, because she was cool. But one of the ones that wasn't so cool was like, why are you doing all this? It seems like you're being really extra. Like, why are you putting like your information into a system just to end up doing it? Like, and now kind of looking back on it like at first like when I was getting the commentary or whatever like you know I kind of took it as negative like whatever like even though you know it's a critique some are used to them it just felt a little harsh at the time but like looking back on it it made me think like okay you know I kind of get where he's coming from like some things you don't need to write down or some things you're over scheduling or some things you're like you're just doing too much and like yeah I just felt like over the years I was like practicing like what is a realistic way of me kind of managing things but not going too crazy into managing things because sometimes people over just try to overdo it and I don't want them to feel like this is bogging down like my life or my attitude about like something so you want to like even say to people like at least five things on your list and like make sure that it's five quality things and get it done like I just wanted to have a whole positive vibe around yeah. and and management like setting some best practices yeah and... best practices right yeah stuff like that but what were you saying sorry Tracy oh I was just I had one additional thought of like oh, please when I when I do work like at nine to five right and I'm like tracking time like admin versus billable time it's like amazing at how much I don't get done <laughs> like I it's yeah. really mm -hmm. like four to five hours of billable time that comes out of like an eight nine hour day and then you're like what did I do with the rest of my time but it's like little things like getting up to get a drink going to the bathroom getting you know like talking to somebody who may walk by or like you know you always think you have more time than you do and yeah I think we all just try and squeeze in too much like you could put down like brush my teeth but you don't have to put down brush my teeth like if you know like you're gonna have to brush your teeth like whatever like I just kind of feel like 
sometimes I would literally like write down minute things like brush my teeth. Mm-hmm. It's just like, yeah, you don't have to write all that shit down. Yeah, so that's that. Well, next up, can you share a glimpse of your early experiences and what initially drew you towards the world of art and creativity? My initial experiences and what drew me towards the art to art and creativity. Um, I don't know. Without sounding like crazy, I'm gonna sound crazy. Yeah, so I, at a young age, I was playing with Barbie dolls. Like, I don't know what's a better way to say that I think I'm creative than I'm playing with Barbie dolls. Like, I obviously I'm gay. I'm maybe not obvious to some people, but yeah, I mean, I think like to be playing with Barbie dolls, you're probably a somewhat creative person, like whether you're gay, straight, boy, girl, whatever. I wasn't just playing with them, but I eventually, I think I started to like try to make my own dolls. Um, Obviously like you cut a doll's hair, you make the clothing sometimes. Cause like we had sewing machines in the house and stuff like that and like sewing boxes. So I learned how to sew, even though I still suck at sewing. My grandmother, one of my grandmothers used to like collect wire that I think was like left over by the electric companies, like on the streets. And I would like make these like dolls out of them when I would go over her house and like I would cover them in like masking tape and then like cover them and then like do their hair like out of thread and like sometimes make clothes for them. I was just like making dolls basically. And it wasn't like the dolls looked like Barbie dolls or anything, but it was kind of just like, I'm making my own dolls. I'm fostering my own creativity. <laughs> just like yeah, mixed, me- mixed media using what you had. Yeah. It was kind of like when you see like those dolls that they have like back in early civilization days. It's like, what is oh, the corn, corn husk? Corn yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Like I'm making corn husk Barbie dolls. Like it's just ridiculous. Did you give them names and stuff? Did they have personalities? You remember any of that? I mean, I don't remember their personalities, but like I definitely, everybody was like in a soap opera all the time. I mean, oh. it was just like, I'm in love with this person. You're in love with that person. I'm going to kill myself. And like, you know, it was just, everything's just so dramatic. After that, I was playing with a lot of, you know, Barbie dolls, action figures. And then it developed into me playing with my origami instead of like my action figures, like still soap operas and still like, I'm going to kill myself and I love you and everything. But like, they were like paper cranes and like paper penguins and frogs and stuff. Just like whatever I can make out of origami, like out of origami, out of paper, that wasn't origami figure or whatever um I was playing with it when I was like pre-teen to like you know early teens or whatever I always like to write like poems and stuff like poems and short stories and like uh I made a book called the dolphin king with my mom once and like we got an award together at some school like yeah it was like it was a local thing or whatever. Like it was like some sort of contest to make like a book. And I was a part of like some ceremony at Queens College when I was like a kid or something. So I don't even remember. That's but, awesome. Yeah. It was like cool to like make something with my mom. I'm a little bit of a mama's boy. Um that you know got an award or what have you and then there was even another time with my mom that she helped me design this shirt for my italian class and i was really excited about that because it was like wear whatever you want to school day and i I went to a catholic school and so you can't wear whatever you want to school but um that day you could and i really love italian class i really love fashion so i really wanted to do something that was an homage to both and yeah i just love 
so I loved fashion at a young age. I loved books and writing at a young age. And I loved Barbie dolls and stuff like that. And like, you know, all that just drama, just, I don't know. I guess that was creative. I don't know. I wanted, to create, I wanted to create like a flying skateboard or some crazy shit. So I like took my skateboard apart. Like I was just always doing some crazy shit. You were an That's innovator awesome. back then. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Except, uh, to fly. <laughs> Except no flying. Do you think that, or do you know of like specific artists or movements or anything like that, that profoundly influenced your creative expression? I don't want to lie to you. Okay. But I'm going to say not really. I'm not going to say that I'm not influenced by like people and stuff like that. Cause I like, I am. Um, I just don't think I know any of their names offhand. Like for instance, I like always liked and stands in the front of my mind. Um, I always liked Mies van der Rohe. I also liked architecture when I was a kid and I'm not an architect. But I always liked architecture and I got this architecture book when I was a kid. And then by the time I was in college and stuff like that, we were following, like it was a part of our curriculum, architects. And I love how it looks like you just put your coffee in like a cloud or something. Or like <laughs> a coffee cup. And I was like, I'm just sitting it inside of a cloud. Yeah, <laughs> I'm in heaven. Um, so yeah, I, um, Mies van der Rohe is really cool. He makes some really cool buildings. It's very modern, glass, just simple design, just like modernistic design I, I always loved. Do you uh, have any current inspirations? Let's see. I have to say, if I can't say anybody, because I'm, I'm feeling like I'm drawing a blank, I have to say everybody has been, and if they want to act like they're not, they're fronting. But like, I love Jonathan Ive. Like, so I've been influenced by Johnny Ive. Uh, he's the guy that's behind a lot of the hardware designs at Apple. So he's just created a lot of beautiful things that we've all enjoyed. I would love to be an industrial designer someday, but we'll see. I still have time. And you're not, you know, your next career shift. My career shift. My, my next career pivot. Yeah. So how do you describe to your family what you do? Like, what's the elevator pitch that you give to your family? Let's see. I say, I mean, they they kind of know what I do, but like, I get what you're saying. Um, I feel like... I your auntie that you don't see like once every 10 years is like, hey, Trace. Okay, okay. What are you doing now? Or like a say, random like, friend or new person. My like, family you... knows very well what I do since they're always asking me to do shit for them. So like, like and I should have even said that like at a young age, I was like making menus and so, like I made like a, a menu for my dad for his restaurant. He had like a restaurant for a second and I made like a menu for it and I used to just like make like little things for my family and it just fostered my creativity, like, you know, uh, but ultimately, yeah, I would say that I'm a web designer. So I make websites. I would say it like that. I also do print work, magazine advertisements or the magazine layouts. I do that stuff for so much more though. That's I don't like know. It's just highly underselling yourself. <laughs> I don't know. I think like graphic designers are like always going to have a job, but like, I don't know, maybe there's a world where they don't, but cause sometimes like people still ask me like, what do you do? Like, you don't know what a graphic designer does. Like, what are you talking about? A lot about? of people don't. And that's changed so much with like the advent of like, like, again, we've come up during this cha giant changeover. So like graphic designs are very different now than they were however many years ago. 
and then like yeah. web design or sheesh i mean like i think we just had that conversation recently like that's totally different now you know so I yeah. think especially the younger ones, I, they may not even fully understand, especially don't understand what used to go into it. Yeah, I mean, like it used to be like, <laughs> I don't know if I would have been able to survive. I mean, like I probably still would have wanted to be in the same field, but like being a graphic designer back then was like actual drawing, actual photography, actual, like it was nothing digital really about it until the last final moment, maybe if it even was a digital aspect to it. But computers were barely even existing before the 80s so it was like a lot of like amazing work that we were seeing that we take for granted now because we look at it and we think oh we have computers but like for them to create typography back then is like a feat so that was pretty amazing back in the day graphic design just being in existence um so there's probably like so many designers that i'm not thinking of that were influential and i'm sorry i love you guys yeah yeah kind of building off of that but like how do you define yourself as an artist how do I see myself as an artist I guess I just see myself as a graphic designer and a digital content creator I create digital content like this podcast for instance or social media content and a lot of that is in the marketing realm yeah that's great you don't limit yourself you always kind of see it as like an opening into something new or some role that needs to be filled yeah 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 and graphic design has like a lot of different avenues. You know, it's like an interdisciplinary skill. Mm-hmm. So it kind of touches on a lot of different things and that makes it kind of exciting for me. Oh yeah, there's so many, yeah, so many applications. And like yeah. anywhere you go, you'll have a role basically. Was there anything else that you were going to head towards art-wise before design? Like what were there other like, I'm going to go to school for this or I'm going to do that? Well, the reason why I think I even went into design is because my sister, Nairobi, uh, my eldest sister, basically, she is just like really talented. And she was like always like making something around us, like drawing something or painting something or whatever. And she was really talented. And she went to LaGuardia High School and she was just like a really big deal uh, as far as I was concerned. It influenced me and I wanted to be a lot like her, but I just wasn't like on her level. I have to just admit, like she's on another level. And so whatever, cause she ain't on my level in some regards either. She ain't a designer. But at the same time, it was just like, I'm trying to keep up with my sibling. You know what I'm saying? Now, I think as far as like, um, so the other part of that answer is I do, I did know that I wanted to go to school to be, a fashion designer at the time. Like I was saying, like at a young age, I was like playing with Barbie dolls and like making clothes for them and doing all this shit. And I knew that I cared about this aspect of reality and breaking sewing machines and trying to sew and just the whole nine yards. Essentially, my mom was just like, don't go to school for fashion design because she went to school for fashion design and it's really hard. Just like a lot of people say, like, it's just a very hard industry. And like, you're going to have trouble finding your next gig, feeding yourself, like the whole nine. And when you do think about it, I think there's going to be a demand for graphic design that's going to be greater than fashion design on any day of the year. But I still feel like... There's a part of me that still wants to explore this whole fashion design realm. Like I still, if I had my way, I was like rich or whatever. I'd still have a clothing line, like whatever. I want to make shoes, boots, and like 
pants and yeah, I'm saying like such regular things but like I I really want to make them because I've been dreaming about them for a while like I have notes up the wazoo about like things I want to create I remember uh, the, the Halloween costumes you used to make oh my god the 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 minotaur one when I was yeah. like, oh we need to share that photo from our Halloween that year yeah what is it what do you even call it I forgot what you call it. Oh, it was the, the half man. You were pan. You were pan, weren't you? Yeah. 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 Is that a senator? Or I don't even know. Anymore. Yeah, something. Minotaur. Yeah. Minotaur. Oh, that's what it is. And that's what I was. Yeah, that I did create that myself. That's funny. I kind of I forgot. Remember that? I remember you being up late trying to sew that shit. Um, and yeah, I just want to create cool stuff, but. And I think I was inspired by fashion designers that I love that I did get to see when I was at Condé Nast and stuff like that as far as like being around their work a lot. So like John Galliano, I really loved growing up. Alexander McQueen. There's just like so many inspiring designers growing up. I remembered a fun tidbit about you that I want to share that yeah. I think you've even forgotten about. But didn't you model for Teen Vogue for a shoot back in the day? No, oh, Teen uh, People. Teen People. Teen People. You totally yeah. did because I have the magazine articles with you in it. Oh my God. Do you really? I think I have the digital version. It was like such a funny thing because I was looking through, you know, like we all do. We have stacks of magazines that we have such a hard time getting rid of and looking through it. And I'm like, "Mm, mm, 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 uh." (laughs) I'm like, I think that's Idris. And then I had to like find the little like description. And I was like, that's totally Idris. So of course, you know, I had to cut it out and save it. So that's hilarious. Yeah. (laughs) Um, that was that was fun. It was in like you were. It was like um, a Fourth of July or like an American Tommy Hilfiger, wasn't it? Tommy Hilfiger. Yeah, it was a Tommy Hilfiger campaign. That was like I was a. Um, you were so high cute at the time. I was in high school. Yeah. So cute. So yeah, tell us about this uh, teen people Tommy Hilfiger <laughs> Give us the rundown and the story behind that. Um. When I was a kid, when I was like in high school, so Teen People magazine was like a big deal because I think it was like, you know, like a magazine that was for us, by us in a sense. They had trend spotters and trend spotters were like the way that it was for us, by us in a sense, as far as like they would have these teenagers that were helping create the content in the magazine. Mm-hmm. Or, they, or they were the models for an article or something like that. I didn't really know what was going on. I just knew that like they were having casting calls and my friend wanted to go to one of them. Sometimes their casting calls were like at Jingle Ball or... Oh, yeah. Jingle Ball, right? <laughs> yep. Um, and it was like a Z100 concert thing. Yeah, I like went to one of these casting calls with one of my friends that I was like in a musical with, um, like a school musical with. And so we were both like, you know, already kind of in that area or realm of like, we want to do creative fun stuff together. And we both ended up getting casted as models for teen people, like to be trend spotters, so to speak. Oh, is that Ronald? Ronald was in that, wasn't he? Ronald also happened to be in it. But what the funny thing is, is that we ended up crossing paths like completely unknowingly. When I was at, when I was at the casting call, 
he was taking shots there. Like he was like, he was having a photo shoot at the casting call that I was at basically. It was meant to be. Yeah, it was like something weird like that. It was actually my friend John at the time, uh, John Fogues. And that's not his last name. I just made up his last, I, I <laughs> on purpose, on purpose. Yeah, yeah. Right? Uh, but yeah, so John Fogues, uh, I mean, people would know who I'm talking about if I said it that You're way. You're protecting the names of the innocent. Yeah, <laughs> basically. Uh, but I loved him. We like, we would gallivant around town together. We would like go to cast and calls together. We ended up in one fashion show. I think it was a teen people fashion show together. Yeah. So we did like fashion shows for teen people at like malls and stuff like that. Yeah. And so the, one of the gigs that I got was to be a part of this photo shoot in Bear Mountain. Bear Mountain's like around here in New York City area, like a little bit upstate or something like that. And that's where we had this Tommy Hilfiger photo shoot. And it was really cool. I was a kid, but it was about just like America being like a smorgasbord of like different ethnicities and all this junk. And I mean, I'm, I'm black. I'm just black, which is great. I mean, like we all need to be who we are, whatever. But like I was under the impression so this is like where it gets a little crazy i was under the impression because of my grandmother that i was native american as well so that is in the article i'm sure so don't come for me but (laughs) (laughs) but ultimately like i was in the article because i was you know because i'm black and native american and that's like the face of america that we're all mixed race and whatever i have no idea if i'm native american i never did an ancestry test it's so possible you can Um, it's possible maybe i will just to like you know quell anything but yeah so that's that was that it was cool it was fun that's awesome i remember that we got to find that and then share that too yeah yeah, yeah, if I can find it, put my hands on it. Oh, apparently Tracy has it. So we, no, and I, <laughs> I still have like photos or digital. I think I have, I think I have it online. It's in a hard drive in storage, but yeah. Yeah. From yeah. The days. And it's like way before social media days. So it's hard to find these things, I think now online, just like by yourself. But yeah, someone might have it. If Yeah, Tracy has it. I haven't. Someone, yeah. Hunt <laughs> it down. I'll, I'll find it. Yeah, I did some cool stuff uh, with uh, teen people. I even did like something with Redken hair products once. And I, I don't even have hair anymore, but it was cool. So. So getting back to like your creative process, a lot of artists have rituals that help them tap into their creative flow. Do you have any rituals or practices that you find particularly effective in enhancing your creativity? I'm not really sure. I feel like it helps me to create like lists of things. I don't know if that like helps my creative flow process, but I think it helps with me like not losing track of what I'm trying to do and also helps me like get all of my thoughts out in a centralized place like I think that helped I don't think it's like ideal to kind of have it just depending on it being in your head and things are like all over the place uh to foster my creativity or help something kind of come into fruition because I'm giving it that space I guess what what do I do sometimes I like for inspiration online like I just like google things and like I used to keep a Pinterest board I mean I have several Pinterest boards but I used to keep like things on Pinterest and like put it on a secret board and I still would do that if I get, I guess I was between a rock and a hard place because it's almost like mood boarding, yeah. um, which is super helpful for some people. Yeah, I totally. I think I want to get back to that. 
Yeah, I, I think I need to get back to that. I was I, just on there today saving stuff. Yeah, Pinterest? Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. yeah, so yeah, Pinterest is kind of dope. I like to sketch. Uh, I haven't sketched that much in a while, but I remember before I would like dive into something, I would sketch it out, especially when I was at City Trends. Like sometimes it just seemed there's too much going on or too many moving parts and like, you don't want to just like j dive into something and like it becomes like so trite or becomes I don't know like sketching out is like an easy way to like prototype something without it being so etched in yeah it gives you a rough draft yeah because it almost seems like you're wasting time or like it's gonna co come out it's gonna come out some kind of way that you feel like oh well I need to stay with this or like whatever I would rather just do a rough draft via sketching it see where that goes <laughs> I remember back when you were living in Queens and you had that apartment in College Point, was it? College Point I lived, yeah. Yeah. One of my favorite things was like you, I can't remember you, I don't even think you had paper on the walls, but you would like make notes on the wall. Oh yeah, I would definitely write wall. Wall. Yeah, like, I would write directly on the wall. Yeah, directly on the wall. <laughs> I, like I... I love that. Like there was a lot of stuff on the wall. So there's probably times that I wasn't writing on the wall, but there was more of the times I was writing on the wall. Yeah. No, I thought that was <laughs> I mean, you'd like be working on a project and you like tape stuff on and be writing things. And I still have yeah. a photo somewhere of like just the wall itself, you know? I mean, like I guess like one day in my life I would potentially do that again or just do that to like a wall that was like easy to clean or something. I guess you could just paint over it, like whatever, which I ended up doing. So it was no big deal, but like I, I think it's helpful to, to have a space like that. So, yeah. That's my dream. I don't want to be able to write on the walls. Yeah, it's it's definitely helpful and freeing. But it could also get kind of crazy. <laughs> Gonna have that paint available, I guess. <laughs> yeah, easily. Cover up. What is one of your favorite works of art that you yourself produced and why? You know, I... I would say that concept work that I was talking to you guys about before, because like, honestly, like everything else is like, someone's told me to do it. And it's not like I didn't want to do it, but it's just like, it's commissioned work in a sense, you know, like working for your job. Whereas, you know, when I was doing these brainstorm things at Macy's, it's not like you had to do anything you didn't want to do. And I really wanted to make that e-wardrobe happen. So I guess the e-wardrobe is something that I'm like the most excited about, like as far as like a creative work that I've worked on. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, I think that's what I'm most proud of. I got a lot of good reception from it. It's something that I still want to like associate myself with to come into fruition <laughs> and everything. There's also like an app that I started to create when I was with Macy's for that brainstorming thing. And it was it would help people like shop for their outfits and stuff like that. And it wasn't the Pinterest thing. It was like some other, it was like kind of like creating a smart shopping list or something like that. It was like a smart shopping list app. So I don't know, stuff like that I think is really fucking cool in the retail area, but like helping you shop and stuff. So collaboration often leads to exciting new horizons as we all know. Can you recount a memorable collaboration that pushed your boundaries, um, your creative boundaries, and yielded an unexpected result? I feel like I've worked so often on my own. Even though I've had teams and I've had the support of a team, like I've 
I've worked on my own, like on a lot of projects. And even if you pass something off, like it's just kind of like, oh, well, I was just doing this like on my own, but a collaboration that yielded interesting results. Um, this podcast. I think this podcast is the only thing. Yeah. I mean, I think this podcast has definitely shown me that I could do some production work that I didn't I never thought I, I I never thought about doing so I don't think I didn't think I couldn't do it but once I I remember starting this podcast I remember thinking like I could do anything I can do this I can do that I can make the marketing we'll be fine uh and I still feel that way about it so everything's good it's just that um yeah I mean it it, it definitely yielded results that I wasn't expecting because I just I didn't know what this would be like on the other end of it I just wanted to get it done and like um, I'm very excited about it. The people that do check out our stuff really like it. And I'm very happy about that. And I want to continue to uh, do podcasting things because I like podcasts. And I just think that's the way that people are going to be talking to each other in the future. Yeah, already are for sure. It's growing so much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, just to say really quickly, the people that do listen to us that love us, shout out to Janet. We love you. Yeah, we love you, Janet. Our fan mail <laughs> made me so, so happy when I got that. We haven't replied yet, which we need to, but thank you, Janet. We love you. Yeah, we love you, Janet. We went to school with Janet and she's freaking amazing. Yeah, she's amazing. And hopefully she'll be joining us for an episode soon. That would be awesome. That would be. No, when you're talking about like, you know, podcasts and stuff, I think that I'm more drawn to them more than ever and not just because we've like, and making one but I do think like a comfort thing I listen to them I learn from them it's like a way of entertainment I feel like as I've gotten older I, I have a hard time finding music like new music that I really want to listen to and I don't know if that's just because I'm not like immersed in like around people all the time constantly sharing like different things that everybody's listening to but I find that podcasts I'm, I'm more drawn to for that reason. It's easier for me to find something that I'm interested in listening to and that I would like to listen to continuously. So yeah. I don't know. Agreed. The wave for sure. I still like listening to new music, but I listen to a lot of old music too. I feel mm -hmm. like. I, yeah. I was totally jamming out to some 2003 playlist <laughs> the other day. Yeah, yeah. It was awesome. <laughs> yeah. I'm just old. Yeah. That's what's happening. <laughs> So art has the power to evoke emotions and provoke thought. Can you share an instance where your work resonated deeply with an audience and what that connection meant for you? I mean, it's kind of corny because what I'm about to say, it's like, okay, well, duh. I used to create people's church programs and like memorials. So when someone would pass away, we would do like a celebration of life program or memorial piece. And it would have like, a collage often in it but pictures of them that are like you know retouched and retouched meaning like they uh are edited to look better it's like photoshopped and yeah you know like it's like using a filter yeah face uh, yeah <laughs> like face for the kids out there i know right <laughs> like the, the, now the kids understand <laughs> um but yeah basically I would do all that stuff and like people would be like, oh my gosh, it's so beautiful. 
And it made me think like, not only did I want to create a company where that's literally like all that we do is like work on memorials and everything, which I didn't end up doing per se, but it just made me feel like, wow, like people are just so moved by like design work sometimes. Like it's just design work. It's kind of like a way of memorializing someone or keeping their memory alive. And so I always just thought it was like kind of beautiful. And it made me think like, wow, it'd be really cool if I could like do this entire ceremony and like make sure that there's harps and bagpipes here or something like, you know, like, like I just didn't care, but like, I just really love the idea of like, because like also my sister would sometimes be like creating the food for a repast. Like, you know, it's like, yeah. we're like the whole one-stop shop. That'd be so cool. Your mom but is a pastor, <laughs> right? Yeah. And my mom's a minister. Right. So sometimes she would like speak at the funerals and stuff like that. And she's like the MC and like, so yeah, it just felt like kind of like a one-stop shop with my family sometimes, but. That's awesome. Know, um, what do you think about the future of graphic design and where do you see it heading? I mean, the future of graphic design is definitely going to have like more AI, artificial intelligence elements to it. But um, I don't think that's a bad thing. And I don't think that that means that human, the human element is gonna be cut out of it completely. I think like design is almost what you need plus like what you don't expect or something. So you're always going to have like that happening. I think we're going to be fine as far as having jobs is concerned. I do think that we're going to be using AI more to create our work somehow as a design, like as an actual human being, you're going to want to make the process of like finding a particular brush stroke easier by using artificial intelligence. I guess I think in the future, like photography and video editing might change a bit. That would be kind of ideal. So I feel like that would maybe help people produce work faster and more efficiently. So like, maybe we're going to see even more of that. I mean, we're already seeing like a ton of video and photo across the board. We see it also done with like uh, filters and AI now and like things to help editing software. I like editing software rather, I think would also help us put it into our work more. Uh, that's pretty much it, yeah. What are your future plans? Oh, my future plans? My future plans are to work on another podcast or two. And yeah, I really, really, really want to work on some of my conceptual work. Uh, so it would be great if I could do the e-wardrobe with someone. But, you know, there's other things besides that that I have on my long list of projects that I want to create. I even want to create, like, a washing machine dryer that, like, bags your clothes for you. There's just so many things that are just... It seems mundane. It could be, like, life-changing to certain people that, like, can't do those things or don't want to do those things or whatever it is. Like, there's a reason why these things are created. Like, you know what I mean? Imagine the way that it would change, like, the way people deal with clothes in college, like, that share machines and stuff like that. To, like, wash, dry, and bag the clothes. Like, you're freeing up, like, the laundry room. Do you know what I mean? Like, people aren't going to be, like, leaving their stuff there as much or... It's going to be left in like a waiting area because you put it in a bag already and you just have to get over the fact that somebody touched your clothes. They probably didn't even touch your clothes. They touched the bag of your clothes. Like, do you know what I mean? Because it bagged itself. So there's so many like little things that I've thought of that I wanted to do over the years. Um, and I'd really like to do it. So yeah, hopefully I'll, I'll be able to do those things. That's what I guess I seen for my future. It would also be nice to have like some sort of like food thing going on because i really like baking so i'm not gonna say like a restaurant because that sounds too overboard but maybe like some sort of like food services 
website dark kitchen or ghost kitchen whatever thing you want to call it so yeah there's so many like little things i'd like to do but um just one day at a time yeah awesome well i hope that you continue to push those ideas forward what's your favorite color right now or colors uh my favorite color right now is like a blue green i think it leans more towards blue and it leans more towards like a light like a bright color or bright hue it's still like a blue green and i wouldn't say turquoise because i i feel like every time someone says like a color like somebody has like another perception of what that color might be and then i have like a hard time discerning for me personally discerning between like teal turquoise and aqua like i feel like are you saying the same thing and you're not because like when you see them side by side they look completely different so i would just say like a blue green like a blue green that's really light there's a pretty color yeah it's kind of nice classic color and sometimes it looks really digital too like it just like it's a nice highlight digital color well thanks idris this is oh that was it (laughs) that was hilarious i definitely learned some stuff about you your your creepy doll making yeah, I know, right? I was basically making voodoo dolls. And... I was thinking that the entire time, and I was like, should I say it? Should I not say it? That's why I said today I'm naming personalities. I'm pretty sure you were just making voodoo dolls with people in your life. Maybe that's what my family does. They just make voodoo dolls, and they oh, just call me. Like... It was, Speaking... you know, maybe a little bit of hoodoo in there. <laughs> yeah. have, um, so there's that, I don't, I'm sure you've seen it. Not, I don't know if you've noticed it, but the Liquid Death Water Company, yeah um they have a a campaign running right now with johnny knoxville from um jackass and they like made voodoo dolls out of his hair and now and you can buy them on their website now and it's like his last stunt ever or whatever you gotta look it up it's hysterical i watched commercial the other day definitely buying it too i bet um it's like 120 bucks a hundred i really hope it's not it's (laughs) <laughs> 120 bucks it better be his hair are you kidding me guys um, yeah. oh yeah liquid death voodoo just look it up it's really funny in the commercial they like shave his head and then they like make all these little voodoo dolls and then he's like and now you can buy it and like trick <laughs> it. you know it's, it's the all natural steve-o voodoo doll i love how it looks like they're like beer cans yeah, so it, if we want to talk about a good case study for design, these guys are one of, like, at the top right now for a, a new water company that's, like, already broken a billion dollars in sales. Just- yeah, and it's crazy. It's literally just water that we're talking about here. Mm-hmm. Is it because yeah. he called it Liquid Death and he designed it a certain way? And the... the um the audience that they're really trying to reach is different than like any other water brand the look and feel of it kind of just like the the brand itself is very different but the one person that we always talk about on instagram who like does the brand reviews oh yeah about it once and i was like oh yeah but like chris is like their audience and he always sees their Mm -hmm. stuff it's like oh i'm gonna buy that like they have a new iced tea line out he bought every flavor just saying. that makes more sense to me now i was like if the only thing they do is water it just makes me mad <laughs> that this is no i mean i think it's, it's probably it started it start off with water yeah. like luke like like money like what you're not doing it's water so yeah. it's cheap and now they're they like seltzers hooked. flavored seltzers i think yeah. yeah now they got people hooked on the on their brand so chris is just gonna go out and buy everything 
they just killed it like because i can imagine like if you like now you know because chris bought, bought everything but like honestly though when you think about it it's just like someone who's drinking beer all the time and that's like their mo they're not gonna be like oh let me like get seen holding this bottle of water like that's like yeah like a wussy or something like but like ultimately <laughs> like you know you got to drink water sometimes so imagine someone being like, here's some liquid death. They're like, yeah. Like, you know, they feel like, oh, it's still me. Yeah, this is still me. I'm yeah. still a man. I'm not like going to yoga class or something. It's yeah. great. They're, they are like primo with their marketing right now. It's cool. But anyway, yeah, their stuff does look really good though. You want to buy a voodoo doll? You can buy a Stevo voodoo doll. <laughs> and literally, and then Idris, maybe you can make <laughs> yeah. an extra. You could reach out to them and be like, I've been doing this for 30 <laughs> plus years. Let me make your next one i'll make your voodoo dolls yeah by hand that'd be awesome yeah why was i making voodoo dolls i have no idea <laughs> i mean that's like an age-old tradition like me like making dolls but then like i mean that does that came i mean from, like, or they could magic of necessity back yeah, in the day they could know? just have been extra big dream dolls what were the little ones they used to they were like little dream dolls you put in a pouch you put them under your bed oh my gosh that sounds so adorable but no i never um, dreamed they doll. were like little mini voodoo dolls they weren't <laughs> second episode in the row that you've like referenced something that we've never heard of before <laughs> <laughs> i think it's like yeah. an albany schenectady thing no way it's like a <laughs> south american thing really worry <laughs> dolls that's what they're called Worry. Oh, I think I know. All right. So they are also named trouble dolls. Not worry dolls. They're handmade mostly from it's like a Guatemalan Mayan sort of something thing. And then worry dolls are given or lent to brooding, anxious, and sorrowful children. They would tell their doll about their sorrows, fears, and worries, and then hide it under their pillow before going to sleep. Oh. And it said that the child relinquishes their worries to the doll during the night. And by the next morning, all sorrows are said to have been taken away by the worry doll and they can move forward refreshed the next day. I definitely had one of those as a kid now that I'm looking at them. Um, oh, really? I never yeah. heard of those. I think I almost want to say my uncle gave me one of those. Um, yeah. And that is some folk magic right there. That is yeah. the essence of folk magic. <laughs> I've never heard of that. That's crazy. So super cute. Um, I definitely had them. Don't really know that I use them properly. I was yeah, probably Idris and like you know drama <laughs> soap opera with the worry dolls. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. Oh man. Well, thanks so much, Idris, for Thank you know you. Us ask you all sorts of questions. Thanks for asking. And uh, next episode will be asking lisa some questions we will. Boop, boop. all right y'all ready have a good one cycle stays the same thank you for listening to this episode of art kids for artwork more info on our guests and music credits visit the art kids website at artkidspodcast.com that's art kids with a z until next time ciao
fame Freedom over fame, the cycle stays the same. Freedom, freedom over fame. Freedom, freedom over fame. Freedom over fame, the cycle stays the same. Freedom over cycle stays the same.